welcome to the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. My name is Alyn Bailey, and alongside me on this journey into the talent acquisition and recruitment marketing universe is my friend and favorite partner in crime, Tracy Parsons. We've been getting together and talking and debating the world of TA for what seems like forever. And after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's hit record. And that, my friends, is how we ended up here, sharing our thoughts with you in hopes you'll find it equal parts fun, interesting, and a teeny bit inspiring. We don't sugarcoat the issues. We address them head on. So let's get this party started. Hello, Miss Tracy. Good morning, Alyn. How are you on this beautiful December morning? How is it in Ohio? Is it snowy yet? I haven't actually checked. It snowed a couple times, but now we just have mostly the gray cold. But today we have sunshine. So there's there's delight in my heart. It's no secret that I am vitamin D operated. Like a battery, right? like a solar powered battery. I am like a solar powered battery. Also, I might have a little too much energy today. I need <gasps> I to give it. you that heads up. Yeah, I got up, I worked out, the sun is out, I've had coffee, I got my brows waxed, I feel like a total baller today. So let's let's awesome. tackle today's topic. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna need it because today's topic, it is time for the big topic of the year, which is what the heck does everybody need to be paying attention to for 2021? It is time, uh, it is yes. time for the forecast trends. And I know everybody kind of does this space, but I think we've got some original takes in this space. Let me whip out my crystal ball. Okay, whip out your crystal ball. Okay, what do you think? What from your? What do you think is in your crystal ball is going to be a big thing next year that either not enough people are thinking about or might surprise people? <laughs> I think we just have to acknowledge briefly that 2020 was about straight up paralysis, right? So there was this combination of paralysis and holy shit, I need to take all of my operations remote. Right. And I was talking to somebody earlier this week. I was like, so if 2020 was about taking things remote and implementing video and getting people comfortable working from their own home, I think 2021 is going to be pretty jarring in a couple ways. One, I think we're going to be talking about a lot of the same things that we've been talking about for the last 10 years, <laughs> things like diversity, equity, and inclusion, internal yep. mobility. We're going to be talking about how we do better in terms of automation. But I think the thing that is going to actually be different in 2021 is we're going to actually do some of this shit. Like, I think that people are going to yeah. do some of the hard work around diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think people are going to really start giving a shit about their internal talent and providing them with mobility options that mean something. And I think the big trend in 21 is going to be rebuilding trust. Yes, I'm going to agree with you on both counts. I, I think you're absolutely right in saying it will be a year of action. And I think it's not because everybody suddenly got like the, got like this wake up call that said, oh my goodness, maybe we should stop chit chatting amongst ourselves and do something. I think that, (laughs) (laughs) well, it's true. I think what's gonna, what's happening is, is much like big tsunami wave, right? Which has been just the world itself is that big, huge wave, right? 
all the people who were kind of not doing anything and standing still are just going to get wallowed up by the wave. The wave is going to hit. And I've always said this, eventually, these things that we've been looking at and saying need to be looked at are going to happen whether people actually do anything about them or not. So talent is going to start expecting the, the rising expectations around what it means to have a diverse workforce and um, to drive inclusive behaviors are no longer going to be, oh, that's a nice extra project we're focused on. It's now a baseline expectation, which means you suddenly have to do some shit to show that you're not just plain lip service. Well, yeah, it's, I, I mean, 2021 is going to be the year that everybody stops quacking and starts to either swim or fly or drown. Exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. I I think the same with internal mobility. I think you're absolutely right. I think internal mobility, specifically the focusing around how you actually systematize internal sourcing inside organizations is going to be a must. And we're already seeing trickles of it in 2020 without people calling it that because Mm -hmm. it's fundamentally going to be required in order for your business to stay afloat. You can no longer rely on the ability to have access to external talent pools. The way in which you use, I think connected to that is going to be the way in which we think about work itself. The idea of project-based work, using your um, internal workforce in a more flexible framework. The idea of being able to have people who both enter and exit your workforce on a continuous basis. These things are going to become much more the norm. Unlike in years past where we talked about them and we thought that we had to have these big ecosystem projects around them and TCM, you know, change management systems around them and et cetera. They're just going to start becoming part of what we do. And we won't even realize that we've done it to a certain extent. I think it just starts to become part of the expected course of business because it has to be in order for the business to survive. It becomes kind of a business norm rather than a change that's occurring. Well, yeah, and I think that there's, again, you and I specifically have been trying to light the funnel concept on fire for the last three or four years, right? And it's done, right? And it's to the point where, we cannot continue to dump or think we can continue to dump more new names into the top of the funnel. You're going to run out of new names. And by the way, you can see through the struggle that people are having towards the end of this year that they are, that is exactly what is starting to happen because it's not, people are finally waking up. I, I don't know how many of you, if you haven't woken up yet, get yourself ready for the tsunami to hit you. It is not about volume. You can, in in this new market where there are a million people or more looking on a constant basis, your active pool versus your passive pool is so passe in terms of a strategy. Attracting large numbers of people to your opportunity, I'm betting is not your problem. The problem every company is starting to deal with is, oh shoot, which ones are the right ones? 100%. And can we all just be honest for a second? More is not better. Good is better. And if we're so, if we, and we have been so laser focused on more, which is why we keep trying to always new, always new, always new, right? New names, new names, more names, new names, more names. This is an unsustainable model for a variety of reasons. One, you're going to run out of new names. Two, you're going to burn the new names that you've run into in the quest for all the names. Because you're going to disappoint 99 out of 100 of them. 
Exactly. And the concept of recruiting in TA should be actually fewer sad people. I've said this for two <laughs> years now. I know. It, it is like it is a, is a mantra that we have just got to stick to, right? Fewer sad people. But you know what's going to happen, Alin? And that's why I think the trend for next year is going to be focused around trust. We have been so laser focused on more, 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 new, 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 forever, forever. And we've removed ourselves. We've gotten farther and farther away from actually the people that we want to hire. We don't talk to them, right? Very few of them. And you know what's happened? They don't trust us. Candidates don't trust us. And at the same time, we keep passing up our own employees for opportunities because we're not sourcing internally. That's right. So they don't trust us either. That's right. And and so this onslaught that we've been talking about, this kind of this tsunami storm that sets, that is the environment that is set up is, okay, you've had a year where people have had to question everything about themselves. What is important to me? How am I going to manage my work and my life? What do I trust? Won't don't I trust? Am I going to get a virus? Am I not? I mean, there's all everything at the root of us has been about questioning everything, which has fundamentally caused really good people and talent that you thought you had your nails in and were part of your organization. They have been doing the same thinking everybody else has and living with the same challenges and trying to figure out what does tomorrow look like for me? And maybe what I thought was this kind of career trajectory and path I had is something completely different. And now I am open to a new thought because I am finally willing to accept nothing is for sure. If nothing is for sure, then it's up to me. If people believe it's up to them and they're not reliant on you for their sense of success and security. And identity. Yeah, right. And identity, your entire internal population is up for grabs. Your focus around mobility is going to be a key driver in order for you to manage retention. And it's fascinating because there are hard dollars associated with this. I have a customer who we are implementing an internal mobility solution in 21 with, and they started to do the math. And in Q1 alone, they lost over a million dollars in revenue and talent million dollars. They've lost that many people in the first quarter in a terrible economy that it added up to a million dollars. And we're talking hourly workforce. So everybody always is like, oh, well, I mean, hourly workforce, they're cheap. But if you lose a lot of them, that's really expensive. Exactly. Your ability to continue to find new people to recycle into that pool is going to suddenly start to shrink. A hundred percent because the word's out, you're terrible. Right. And options are greater. Temporary work has gone through this evolution. The idea of it, it went from temporary work, which was on your way to becoming a full-time certified, I am a full-time employee. Then we went to the gate economy, which was, I want to manage my own life and, and my own world around me. And so I am going to have multiple gigs that are going to allow me to survive. And I'm not going to be beholden to anybody to a world where I think psychologically people are going to be in the mix where they're going to be saying, okay, I want full control over what I work on, when I work on and who I work on it with, but I now want to have a strategy for how I am getting ever more connected, right? I don't want gigs. I want flexibility. I don't want project-based work. I want 
consulting-based work where mm-hmm. I am considered an expert and leveraged in multiple places, right? This new framework for thinking that is a combination of flexibility with stability is going to be a big driver to new ways of thinking about how to manage talent. A hundred percent. The huge volume of women who have left the workforce Absolutely. in 2020, Absolutely. right? Look at that alone as an indicator of the tsunami that's going to come. And if you don't think that your company needs working moms to drive innovation, you're insane. Stop listening right now. This is a huge missed opportunity. And it it folds into diversity and equity and inclusion because why why is this falling on the women in our society? Well, absolutely. And here's the challenge with that, right? I mean, I can go through a whole societal anthropological quandary I think we're going to be in. In combination with this falling on the women in our society to go in and try and figure out how to balance both ends, we at the same time have been in a progressively changing societal framework where young men and men working coming into the workforce were delaying their entry or slowing their progression dramatically. And women were accelerating their progression. And so this change that happened in 2020 is very interesting dynamic where women were actually accelerating their growth pattern forward, right? Their career, their career Mm -hmm. trajectory and their promise was moving dramatically forward. Look at graduation rates, look at applications to colleges. The story of of women and the change in society in terms of women's focus and, and, and drive in the workforce has been exponentially growing over the last few years. And then you get this dramatic event, which happens in 2020. And because the societal paradigms have not changed in the same way, now have to make a readjust. It changes the entire family framework. And as we go into 2021, this is not, I think, an entire population that's going to stay where they're at now that they went back home. Agreed. And I think it's more of the framework that you're talking about around around designing an experience that is going to provide them the flexibility that they need to finance their lives. like and, and it's so funny that this is happening now because that's exactly what I did in 2008. Right. So if you're listening to this and you are a woman and you are trying to figure out, or you're any professional and you're trying to figure out what your path forward is, please reach out to me. I can tell you exactly all of the mistakes I made, all of the right turns and left turns. And I'm happy to help you because what we've done in my household, it really works for us. I don't see how this isn't a way forward for thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Absolutely. And to me, it's a great example of the evolution of this idea of freelancing to actually um, building a sustainable model. And I think we're we're getting that direction. More and more people are going to head off this path. People are going to be jumping off the corporate chug train as fast as they can do it. Yes. As soon as people start to feel some sense of breathing room, because the Mm -hmm. biggest thing they have learned from all of you fabulous corporations out there over the course of the last year is that even the best of you are not going to be stable. There is the unknown is now common expectation. So if I can't know what the future is going to hold and now it's like the emperor has no clothes, there is no sense of normalcy that's going to occur. Stability is not come with how many campuses a company has. It yeah, it's all a myth. 
It's all a myth. If that's all a myth, then holy crap, I am responsible for owning my own destiny here. And if 2020 was about exposing the systemic failures of the society that we've built, by the way, that was a really good sentence. I love that. (laughs) Right? If it has exposed the systemic failures that we have allowed culturally to exist, 2021 is going to be about the actual humans finding their way forward. Because we started to notice, hey, wait a minute, this whole work thing might be a scam. You're going to pay me $15 an hour. And then the next guy up the chain makes four times that. And then the guy at the top of the chain makes 400 times that. Ooh, I don't know. That doesn't seem quite good. And by the way, hey, there's this thing that school Uh and they just decided that they're not going to do school because they would want because nobody's showing up at work. So we're going to start taking a look at these. And this is going to be a generation or two of scar tissue around the failures of our system. Absolutely. Which is why I come back to trust. Right. I completely agree. I think trust is the theme here. We're all sitting on culture teams and teams that are trying to think about how you you reframe your mission and your vision and et cetera. We're not talking about the trust in terms of the word trust. Let's trust each other and work well together. This is about the fundamental sense of trust, which is about identity. And, um, and, And it's not something you can fix with a good employee recognition program. You cannot brand your way out of this, people. You just cannot. It is going to require you, basically, to do two things. This is what I think smart companies should be trying to focus on in 2021. One, in order to trust somebody or a company or an entity or somebody to be able to have your best interest at heart, or at least have their own best interest at heart, but to know how you fit into it, you have to believe They fundamentally know who you are and are able to match you effectively with your capabilities, interests, and personality to the right team, to the right role, and to the right work so that you can feel valued. And that requires companies to start thinking differently and really putting an emphasis on two things. One, I'm so happy that you spent the last three to four years playing around with this idea that you wanted um, artificial intelligence solutions to be able to track and monitor and manipulate your populations. Now take all that AI technology that you bought and start turning it around to focus on how you understand people, not how you better make decisions for them. How do I actually use that technology in a predictive way, not to determine, as the first experiments did, who I think is going to quit so I can manipulate them to stay, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But instead, turning that technology around to say, how can I understand enough about the whole person to be able to understand where they best match to accelerate my company's growth and where they can feel valued? Your data will do this if we use of it course. and tap it in the right direction. I think the companies that are going to stop quacking and start mm-hmm. flying and swimming, right, as the tsunami approaches, and when we talk about building trust, if you're developing a new program, if you are reflecting even a little bit, the first question that should be asked is, how does this benefit our talent? Right. 
period. Again, I, I think that I, I put this in the Smash Flower Symphony Talent idea book and my three-word answer got expanded. But my three-word answer was, you know, read the room. Yeah. Right? If you're reading the room and you're listening to talent first, your programs will work. But if you're developing programs that simply benefit you as an entity, as an organization, as a company, it won't work. This is symbiosis. Right. You have no company without the people. And the way to do that is to think about this. With all of this technology that you've been playing around with and you now are starting to have access to at your fingertips, are you using it to produce analysis and reports that you share up the chain so people in conference rooms can nod at each other and look (laughs) at data and validate what they've already thought or believed? Are you using that data to allow you to understand and to inform and democratizing the options for your employees. This is fundamentally the difference. Are is yes. the purpose here for us to know more so that a couple of people in a conference room across the polycom can decide amongst each other the next best way to manage the business? Or are you collecting and leveraging and utilizing this data for the value and benefit of the talent that you have in front of you? Knowing that if you do that, you win as a company. Every time. It's so funny, Alin, because I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on the pod, like we're, we're building a product, right? When we're talking about the product, the question is always, what does the employee need? What does the employee need to make this successful? And the number of times that I've, we've talked about this product to potential customers, there's a couple areas in which they push back. And all of the times that they're pushing back are in related to control, right? They have to control it. If they don't control it, it's bad. Or it benefits them. And every single time that comes up, I say to that prospective customer, then this is not the right solution for you. Because if it, is, if it does not benefit the employee, it will not work. This is when we talk about moving away from a core center, which says it is about generating value for the company. And the way in which I do that is by controlling all outcomes and having full visibility and in order to make decisions and entrusting a small circle to do that, rather than understanding that your company is made up of the talent which is chosen to be there and actually democratizing the decision-making capabilities and innovation with that population. This is the fundamental shift. When we talk about a major revolution, this is a revolution, a revolution of the workforce that is willing to understand that there are choices and decisions that need to get made at a corporate or business level that have to do with a variety of different things, right? You can't, everybody can't be involved in every decision. But at the end of the day, executing to meeting what the company is intending to do, those choices and decisions have to be democratized and moved down to the level at which people feel like they have personal control. Because all control has been taken away from people this year. Absolutely. Which would make some companies want to pull in control tighter. That's right. Right. And you will find that the companies that are pulling in control tighter are going to lose. Right. 
So if I'm a company and I'm and I'm facing this psychological dilemma, which is now occurring. And let's be honest, you'd be the best company ever. If you personally were a company, you'd be the best company oh ever. My God. Go ahead. Awesome. But if I'm so I'm uh, so I'm company Lynn and I'm saying there and I'm thinking about it. Um, what I would then do is I would look at it and say, okay. How do I use my data to inform me about what people are thinking and to and to get the best insight out of them to crowdsource and to elevate innovation and thought most effectively and decision making most effectively while simultaneously looking at where am I having people do things that machines can do more effectively and alleviate the burden of repetitive task because I yeah. want people to be valued for what they bring to the table as their unique capability, not for their ability to manage process or to push buttons. And so if I am a company, I am looking now and saying I can no longer afford for my, either my employees' well-being or for my own company's well-being to be able to take this sort of work and not take advantage of the ability to automate. And that means not just automating repetitive tasks, it means thinking about where I now connect my automation with my smart intelligence and my analytics to be able to automate foundational choices so that my employees can be working on higher level thought. That has to happen. And what's funny is that um, one of the, I, I love The Economist. It's one of the things that I try to read as much as I can. And I always, come, there's there are articles that stick out in The Economist. And one of them was a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018 that was called Bullshit Jobs and the Yoke of Managerial Feudalism. <laughs> and if, if, oh if That's you, the best title ever. I will send this link and we'll have it in the show notes because it's worth a read. And it's two years old. But it's true. And it talks about employee engagement pre-COVID. So if this is how people felt about their jobs two years ago, imagine how this is dramatically escalated and turned into something that is 100% an unsustainable model for humans. Absolutely. I love that. And it immediately made me think about, you know, the changes through history as an anthropologist by nature, and then it just being a very big consumer of, of history, I always happen. Think about the changes. I love the term feudalism, right? Mm -hmm. And man, mm -hmm. that is exactly where we have been. So for those of you who are working in the talent space, how many of you are either involved today or have been in the last 10 years, some sort of committee or subcommittee focused on increasing manager capability? <laughs> right you're laughing because you're like uh -huh. oh yeah. Well, oh, yeah all of them right which is all based on this idea that managers are the hub and by the way I've I've written fabulous pieces for for different organizations I've worked on which which would make this point which I think we're changing now managers are this hub between making employees do what the bosses want and keeping the employees happy by serving as the middle ground to tell the bosses what the employees really want. So the managers are kind of this middle spoke. The future is going to be the, the dissolution of that middle layer. That manager feudalism, just like in history, real feudalism, mm -hmm. moved away from property owners having the villages which they managed and maintained and then 
took a part of the profit off of in order to live, that starts to shift. And just like in the business world, we now are going to start to see that shift. Very interesting. So that's what 2021 has to hold, it feels like. It's going to be a tsunami. There is going to be a major shift happening. And if you are continuing the quacking and not the doing, be careful. Your world is about to shift around you without you even having any sort of ability to navigate or to manage it. So here's what I heard, just for people who are keeping score. (laughs) Diversity is still a thing, but you actually have to do it because the expectations have now risen. It's not a campaign. It's actually doing diversity, inclusion, and equity. It is actually doing it, right? Stop marketing Um, over that. (laughs) exactly internal mobility is a thing it's a we got to do it and by the way if you don't do it you will lose your employee base as much as you think they want stability right now what they really want is to feel valued and meaning and for many people that's going to mean shifting or being seen as something different and if you're not doing it inside they're going to look outside 100 percent yep Use your tools, predictive analytics for the the benefit of democratizing the way in which your operations work, not for the benefit of your CEO and your head of HR to look at and say, oh, aren't we awesome that we know this about our employees? And it goes back to doing, right? Just because you know something doesn't mean you're doing anything about it. Do something. That's right. And you got to insert the automation Start changing the managerial feudalism. I love that. Oh my God, that is such a great topic and title. I could spend like forever on that. And understand jobs are changing flexibility and flexibility with stability. Oh my God, how to do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be the theme and it's all around trust. Yeah. I think 2021 is um, as we get to the second half of 2021, we're all not going to know necessarily what hit us. And it's not like these are going to be like a big moment where we're going to understand the shift has happened, but it will be in 2022 and 2023 where we reflect back and go, oh my goodness, look at the dramatic shift our entire ecosystem took. Yeah. I mean, and that's what's going to be interesting because again, there was a lot of paralysis and there was a lot of scrambling this year to figure out, okay, well, guess what? The emperor has no clothes and they pulled the rug out from under him and he's laying on the ground. (laughs) Flailing. Help me. Right. (laughs) Right. You guys. (laughs) Okay. So we, we've had that. And then this year is going to be figuring out, oh, great. Now everybody saw the emperor naked and flailing. What are we going to do about that? What are we going to do about that? Do. Absolutely. Think about it. I love that. It's a fabulous analogy. When you're sitting in your next meeting and and you're and you're and the people around the table are are basically saying, okay, we're back to normal now. Let's just do what we were doing, but with more vigor or whatever they say. Imagine that your company is the emperor with no clothes who has fallen down with the rug out from underneath him and he's flailing on the floor, and your entire employee base has seen that. And now decide if they think they're going to listen to anything that guy has to say. And they can't unsee it. And they can't unsee it. We all saw it. Right? Ouch. So what do you do? I love it. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. I want, I want yes. to make of that right now. That's fabulous. 
I wish I could find a TikTok that could just really explain to me what the emperor with no clothes ass up falling on the rug, rug being out, pulled out from under him. I was like, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Oh, it's awesome. I love these conversations, Tracy. So I'm the most fun. I'm wondering what, so I'm, and people said, oh, they're going to do a 2021 conversation. I'm sure there's going to be a list of things I need to go do tomorrow. And here we went <laughs> off into um, talking about the naked emperor. But if you didn't know that was going to happen, you don't know us very well. So exactly. You, you, you need to readjust your 21 bingo card. That's exactly. So I'm excited. I have to tell you, I'm actually, maybe it's because we're, or the, the, the vaccine is on the way We're I see opportunity to, to just tear the world apart and do something new. I feel like there's a, there's an opportunity there. So I think the rebellion is going to catch fire this year. I think this, the recruitment, the rebel cast, the rebel, the rebellion, the I think it's going to really, we're going to get more rebels on board this year and it's yep. going to be driven in a groundswell way. Like all good rebellions are. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, everybody. We'd love your opinions and your thoughts. We would love to have you come up with the appropriate naked emperor meme and share it with us. Oh, yes, please. That would make me so happy. And you can tweet it to us at Alyn Bailey or at T Parsons, or of course, at our Rebelcast. And we would love to hear from you. And I look forward to, to chatting some more. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Alyn. Thanks, all. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. Tracy and I feel privileged and blessed to be a part of your day and would love to have you reach out and tell us what's on your mind. You can reach us on Twitter, Adeline Bailey, and or at T Parsons. Until next time, here's hoping you see a rainbow, have a good belly aching laugh, and find some joy in connecting and growing the world of TA and recruitment marketing. Talk to you soon. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.